we are talking about walking with God, divine instructions. When you walk with God, you now understand where he is leading you. But there are instructions God will give you. And just to uh, highlight the, the reason why we are looking at this series for two weeks now is to shape our understanding of who God is. To help us understand that God walks with men. And it all came from that Genesis chapter 5 when we spoke of Enoch walked with God and he was not. So it's possible for you to walk with God and, and in your career, in your business, in every you know, aspect of your life. So Judges chapter 7, verse 1 to 7. Then Jerubah, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the spring of Harod. And the camp of Midian was north of them by the hill of Mori in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, the people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel boast over me, saying, my own hand has saved me. Now, therefore, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. Then 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Take them down to the water and I will test them for you there. And anyone of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, shall go with you. And anyone of whom I say to you, this one shall not go with you, shall not go. This is the word of God. Whenever God wants to do a miraculous thing, he gives you instructions. He gives you instruction. Working with God is an experience that releases divine intervention. But before the intervention happens, before the miraculous happens, before God comes into the scene, he gives you instruction. In actual fact, most times you will hear a prophetic word. Maybe some of us will have to run a series on what that means. But whenever God wants to you know, give you the miraculous, when he wants to intervene, he gives instructions. And I will show you later on in the different texts. You can see it all over the scriptures. So we are talking about the children of Israel. They have now come out of Egypt. They have come out of slavery. And let me hope there is nobody here who is in slavery. Because this month is not a month of coming out of Egypt. It's not a month of, of, of coming out of slavery. It's a month of possession. Somebody say amen. There's a difference between the two. You see, some people can still be in Egypt and all the messages that have been proclaimed here, you still remain in Egypt, yet your friends right here are possessing the land. Hmm? So this month is a month, and you know tomorrow we are entering into another 40 days of prayer and fasting. So they have just come out, 
And by the hand of the Lord through Joshua, they have crossed the Jordan to possess the land. It's now no longer, you know, to plead with Pharaoh. The chapter of Pharaoh has closed. And now it's a season to possess. And so having just come out, the book of Judges, chapter 1, verse 27 to 28, I'm trying to give you a background to this. How do we come to, the, to, 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 to look at Gideon? Judges 1, verse 27 to 28, the Bible says, Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants of Bethshean and its villages, and Tanakh and its villages, or inhabitants of Da and its villages, and, and, and of Bilem and its villages, and the inhabitants of Megiddo and its villages, for the Canaanites persisted in dwelling in that land. Listen to the next phrase. When Israel grew strong, they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but did not drive them out completely. You see that? In other words, they tried to amend God's instruction. The instruction was, when you enter the land, drive out the wicked nations. Drive them out. When they came to the land, they began to negotiate. You see, you see, and I'm going to mention certain things here. And maybe at the end of this, we'll have to do some repentance. They began to amend the instruction and said, let's put them to forced labor. But is that what God said? No. When you follow the, 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 the instruction right from way back, it was that when they enter, they had to drive them out. They didn't need, you know, they did not need the instruction God give, gave them. They did not heed to it. They didn't pay attention to it. They began to look at themselves. They began to look at what they are able to do and not God. They began to issue their own understanding of the situation. God had made it very clear. When you go there, maybe I should show it to you. Deuteronomy 1 verse 8. God said, see, I have set the land before you. Go in and take possession of the land. He didn't say when you reach, put them to forced labor. No, that was not the instruction. He didn't say when you reach there, you're going to find it very difficult to overthrow them. No. He said, I have given you the land. Each time God says, I have given you, you will discover in the Old Testament that there is grace to conquer. Somebody say amen. So when there is grace, it's like how your car has engine oil and every other thing is okay. It's only remaining you to drive it. And so the children of Israel entered and they did not carry out the instructions. And this is where the problem is because God had made it very clear. These are wicked nations. Their wickedness is too much. Drive them out. So after some time, they failed to walk with God. They actually began to blame God. I want to show you. Yet they should have learned how to take instructions. And I will show you from Judges chapter 6, when the angel comes to Gideon and he finds him, you know, hiding wheat. The Bible says in Judges chapter 6, verse 12 to 13, the Bible says, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him, he's talking about Gideon, and said to him, the Lord is with you, almighty man of valor. 
And Gideon said to him, listen to the complaint. Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then all these things happen to us? Why, they are, how, how, why have they happened to us? And he said, where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, did not the Lord bring you out of Egypt? And now the Lord has forsaken us and has given us into the hand of the Midian. The problem was not God. The problem is that when you carry out incomplete deliverance, there's no freedom, there is partial freedom. Let me say that again. When you don't listen to the instructions God has given and you carry out partial deliverance, God is not the problem. The problem is you because you did not follow the instructions. God made it very clear. He said, drive them out. But they still remained in that land. The instruction was, take them out of the scene. And the Canaanites and all these nations, they represent the Babylonian system, the systems of the world. They represent the wickedness of the world. They represent the, the world generally. The three enemies of a child of God which some of us think we can still do and still be a child of God. It's not possible. That's why you have people always in long battles, long battles. How come other people are getting the deliverance for you? When you get back, you say, Lord, I think, I don't know. You see how, how Gideon was complaining. Why all these things, why they happen to us? <laughs> the Bible says in Judges chapter 1, that actually Judges chapter 2 verse 10 that there arose a generation that forsook they didn't know what Joshua Moses had done and then they did the evil in the sight of the Lord you see that was the problem God was not the problem and now look at the complaint he's taken back to God in the words of Gideon he says where are all these deeds eh? why are we suffering you know why you are suffering <laughs> You know the reason? You can't walk with God when you also follow your own instructions. Listen to this. From Judges chapter 1, they began to do their own things. They did not regard the instruction of the Lord. There is something critical that we need to understand about the Christian faith. And this is important because we are saying this at the beginning of Lent, like tomorrow. When God leads the race, there is grace. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, when God leads the race, there is grace. But when man leads the race, there is mess. Because you think that you can do it on your own. So why do you want God to come in? Hmm? Why don't you understand the aspect of consecration? We have been teaching this right from last year. You find people, they are doing that. You, you, you pray with somebody here, you sort out all the things, and indeed, the person is free. They go back to the same practices. Hmm? The Bible says, be holy. As, so learn how not to defile yourself. This is the reason why people fight long battles. Intercessors, you are here. The reason why they fight long battles, your battles don't end. Some of us have dealt with these things long time ago. They have never come back. Because the secret is not 
And look at Gideon now. Gideon thinks it's now the problem with God. Say, why are all these things happening? Why are they happening? You know why they are happening. You know. Sort out that matter. If there are evil waters, and I will show it to you very soon, take initiative and destroy those things. And then that's when you are ready to work with God, not partial deliverance. Somebody say amen. When God wants to do the miraculous, he gives you instructions. So this is very critical. When is the one leading the race? There is grace. When you are the one in charge leading the race, there is mess. So they entered the land, messed up the divine instruction, and used their reasoning to possess the land. When it comes to possession, every child of God needs to understand that you don't enter into a season of possession with your own thinking. No. You don't, there with the, you don't enter there with reasoning. Look at it from Judges chapter 1, verse 27 to verse 33. Judges 1, 27 to 23. I mean to 33. I'll just, you know, highlight a few things. What they did. Manasseh did not drive out. That's the tribe. Ephraim did not drive out the Canaanites. It's following verse by verse. Asher did not drive out the inhabitants. Naphtal did not drive out. What do you want God to do? There is a part on yourself. If you're going to deal with wickedness in your home, there is a part. There's a part. Hmm? There's a part. It's not enough just to, you can deal with all this, you can renounce them, they are waiting for you there. The moment you get out of this place, they are following you also. Until you destroy them from the very root. Somebody stay root. Now listen. Watch and see what God said would happen if they did that. Judges chapter 2 verse 1 to 3. Judges chapter 2 verse 1 to 3. This is what God warned. As he now led them, he warned. He already warned them. The Bible says, now the angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bokim. And he said, look at it from that verse. And he said, I brought you up from Egypt and led you into the land that I saw to you, to give to your forefathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. You see that? Now Gideon is saying, why has all these things happened to you? The next verse. And you shall not make a covenant with the people of this land, but you shall break down their altars. Did you hear that? You shall, you shall break down their altars. Yet you have what? Disobeyed. Why have you done this? There was a time I was praying with a girl. She had all these issues and all sorts of and please, take care of your children, how they dress and the kinds of things, especially when they are girls. And this was a girl, you know, messed up in masturbation. So some of you think it's just something. It's not just a game. No, there are evil spirits that cause that particular thing. And she said, you know, I've gone for every other, we've, we've done all this, we've done deliverance, we've done the thing. The moment I get out, there is a little time of freedom the next thing, I have it again. I need help. I asked her, you have tools, you have instruments, you have things you go to that you have not destroyed. 
Mention them now. She began to locate those things. She began to say, yes, it's this, there is this, there is that in my room. There is also that. I have collected this. Every time I do this, every time I read my Bible on my phone, I access these websites. And that one is the entry point of those spirits. I said, okay, from here now, you're going to do a practical. Go and destroy all those things. Call me as you burn them. And we will pray. That was the end of that matter. The entry points are those things that the enemy uses as an access, as a ladder to oppress and afflict. By the way, this Friday in our overnight, it's physical, it's right here. We're going to be talking about far from oppression. That's the thing. Far from oppression. How do you get to that level? So you need to come and there are things that are going to happen here. You're going to see that the enemy only thrives when you don't destroy the altars. The altars are represented. They are access ladders. The altars are the things of idolatry. The worship, your uncleanness of the mind, the places where you go to, the things you feed that mind of yours, the things you practice, the, the, all sorts of things that are to do with the world. That's how people stay long in spiritual battles. God said, you shall destroy their altars. He didn't say, you shall come and just massage, you know, say, you know, this one is my mother, you know, this one is my father, this is my uncle, he paid my school fee, if he's an evil man. <laughs> you cannot say, oh, now we are going for Christmas and we're going to take our children and then there's a particular place they go to it is your mom, your uncle that introduces them to things. When they come back to Kampala here, you begin to see strange things. The origin is that there is an altar. An altar simply means a place where the enemy has decided to afflict people from that place and their pronouncements and evil covenants are being made from all sorts. So Gideon is blaming God and yet he shouldn't be. Is their own problem. God said, what is this that you have done? You see, failure to drive them out and breaking their altars points to compromise. Turn to your name and tell them, compromise. It points to the thinking that you can still be enjoying worldly pleasures and still be a child of God. It's not possible. It's not. It's not possible. And this is why we are not raising disciples. You know, it points to the fact that you can still be in the world and still carry the anointing. It's not possible. <laughs> it's not possible. And I always say the anointing does not sit on a filthy place. Doesn't. When you walk with him, his instructions are given to you that certain things be broken. You completely walk with him alone. Completely walking with him alone. That's why you heard on Sunday, Job told his wife, he said, you speak as if you are a foolish woman. You belong to a camp. You know, the fool, foolish, the word foolish, the camp, there's a camp of the foolish. And in some, you know, David likens it to people who don't know the Lord. Fools say this, no God. I say, if it were some of you, you know, you know, I can't do those things to, to my uncle. You can't do them, so you remain in the oppression. Yeah. 
You remain in it. When you walk with God, brethren, he wants to give you instructions so that the glory goes back to him. When all is over, the glory goes back to him. And that was the reason why he actually delivered the children of Israel. Look at Exodus chapter 14, verse 17 to 18. When you walk with God, he wants to intervene. Why? Because the glory, he doesn't share his glory. Remember that. Exodus chapter 14, verse 17 to 18 is the reason why he delivered the children of Israel, that he might gain glory for himself. The Bible says, and I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. It's at the Red Sea where this is talked about. And I will gain glory. You look at it. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army through his chariots and his horsemen. You see that? Of course, you know, he doesn't give glory to another. Isaiah 42 verse 8 is very clear. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other. So all the instructions he gave from Egypt to the promised land were meant for his glory. And according to the Bible, that's what he does. And if God is not going to gain the glory, listen to this. He doesn't get involved in such a battle. Let me repeat that. If God is not going to gain glory in a battle, he will not get involved. If you're going to glorify yourself, he's not going to get involved. How do I know? Judges chapter 7 verse 2. Put it up again. If there is nothing that is not going to glorify him there, he's not going to get involved. The Lord said to Gideon, Judges 7 verse 2. The Lord said to Gideon, the people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand. Listen to the next phrase. Lest Israel boast over me, saying, my own hand has saved me. Which is what the problem of most of us is. Hmm? In other words, I'm not going to get involved in this thing if you are going to choose all your things and, and think that you, you will actually do it and you say, it's me. Hmm? Because God does not take glory, you know, um, I mean, God does not share his glory. When we obey his instructions, that's when we open up a channel for divine intervention. Somebody say amen. This is the reason why many cannot walk with God as individuals. As I conclude here, you're going to see, for example, one of them was Naaman, an army general, very famous story. Second Kings chapter 5, verse 1, verse 8 to 12. You can read it at your own time. The Bible says this army general, command of the king of Aram, he came. And then he came to that place, a mighty warrior. Eh? He suffered from leprosy. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king had come, I mean the, the, the army general had come, and he went to the king of Israel, he said, you know, I have leprosy, I want intervention. The king of Israel said, no, I'm not God, I can't heal you. The prophet heard about it and said, bring that man that he may learn that there's a prophet in Israel, a prophet that walks with God. So the man came with all his childhood, says, you know, a convoy, commander. Probably there was, a, was it maybe five star or whatever, clearing everybody on the road. When he came to the place, the prophet released a prophetic word, an instruction 
The Bible says he told him to say, now go and wash in that river. And then he began to say, aha, and not Abana. Look at the rivers, Abana and Fapa, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel. Could I not wash in them? You see, when you want to walk, carry out the instructions, very clear. And listen to me, never go to the place of prayer without a book. Because it's in that place, when I go in, I have a book to write instructions. As sometimes you put away everything, you begin to write. Because that's the place of download. You begin to hear the voice of God. What is God saying about a matter? A matter that is troubling you, you bring it before God, he will speak. The prophet said, please, just go and wash yourself seven times. That's it. He said, ah, he began to reason. Listen to me. You don't reason with the prophetic. The prophetic does not operate <laughs> like teaching. You can't say, but why are you telling me this? Obey the instructions of God. Obey the instruction. Of course, the problem is that when it comes through a prophet or a man of God, sometimes it has been misused, you know, where people are told to say, you know, you want land, so go and bring the soil and eat the soil. That you are claiming the land. <laughs> I don't need to eat soil to claim the land. Hmm? People have been taught all sorts of things. And so people think the prophetic word does no longer exist. People think, no, it's just useless. No, it's there. And so when that instruction comes out, it now teaches you what to do. And that will be the end of that thing, as you can see in the case of Naaman. It's an instruction. He said, oh, I thought the man would come out, wave his hand and call on the name of the, the Lord, if his Lord, the, 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 the Lord. Hmm? Stop thinking what? Stop, stop, stop thinking for yourself. Allow God to direct you. Praise the Lord. And this is what is out to be for us when we work with God, instruction, very, very critical. Finally, when you obey the instructions, when you obey divine instructions, divine instruction will bring divine answers. Let me repeat that. When you obey these divine instructions, divine instructions will bring divine answers. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 2 to 4. You know what? The prophet Elisha again. And, you know, a widow is there. And she told the widow, go and do this. Fill all the jars. Fill all the empty vessels, and not just a few. The woman went and did what the prophet did. And then there was manifestation. Luke chapter 5, you know the story. Maybe I should take you to the New Testament. Luke chapter 5. Peter, Jesus said, cast out this, that, you know, drop it here. And men that had toyed all night, all of a sudden, they began to bring out fish. It's like a message went out to all the fishes of all types. And all the fishes began to swim uh, you know, towards Peter's net. The master is calling us. Let's go and be caught. It's a privilege to be caught by the master. And there was manifestation. If Peter had said, oh, you know, by the way, that's where he was going. He said, oh, we have told all night. But at your word, Somebody say, at your word. And that's what changes. That's what changes the whole situation. When God speaks a word, 
You pick it up and then you run with it. I think we have told you about that woman. She went, she came to her office and she said her daughter had, you know, all this cancer of the blood and, and it has to take time and again. They have to go for, you know, for transfusion time and again, time and again. And she mentioned and she said, but when she was in that hospital, I like the, the, the faith of that woman. She's a member of this church. When she went there, she would speak, say, Lord, I reverse all the things that the doctor have said. My daughter shall live. And when she came here and she began to share with us, we said, okay, today now we're going to pray final prayer. The prayer item shall be put from pending to answered now. And then when we began to call on the name of the Lord, we told her to go back and they even test. Up to now, the daughter returned to school. There has never been that kind of thing anymore. But that woman's face, because we pray with quite a number of people. Some people come and say, you know, some, of course, are called, you know, go to, you know, go and pray. They just come to drag. As if it were, like Peter say, at your word, let me just go. Do you know that it has an effect on the manifestation? You come with unbelief, Jesus will just, okay. And it has happened to me as well. You know you are praying, but there's a lot of doubt. You will not get it. At your word. At your word. Divine instructions bring divine answers. Rise up on your feet. We're going to pray. And um, there are two prayers as we're going to pray. Just two. You know that the Midianites represent that power that scatters resources. Hmm? The Midianites, let me just show you. The, 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 in Judges chapter 6, verse 2, at the hand of Midian, the Bible says they overpowered Israel. So it would be that whenever they get all that they needed to get, agricultural products, they want to go and sell, they want to go ABCD, the Midianites would come and scatter everything, ruin everything, destroy everything, and go back, leaving the children of Israel impoverished. And the Bible says they were greatly impoverished. As you begin this month, it's a season of taking back and recovery. Everything the enemy has, has taken away. In the name of Jesus, lift up your hand and say, Father, every Midianite, every power that scatters resources for the family, for the church, you can put there anything. Every power assigned against me this month, I command it to scatter in the name of Jesus. Pick up that prayer. Pick up that prayer. Whatever power that has gathered together like the Midianites, whatever, I hear the instruction from the Lord. The instruction that has come from headquarters is that if you obey me, you will see my manifestations. Father, we trust in you. Today is the first of March. Today marks the beginning of a new entry for divine answers. Divine instructions releases divine answers. Lift up your voices and pray. Say, Father, every power, the millionaire power that scatters resources, that scatters my peace in my marriage, that scatters, Father, we command them to scatter. He shall not locate me this month. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. The last prayer. The last prayer. Say, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I receive new instructions for this month to take me and lead me to a rock that is higher than I. 
I received the instructions for this month to obey the word that has been sent to me in the name of Jesus. Because thy word is a lamp to my feet. I ask that I be led. I ask that the spirit of God leads me, speaks to me. I bring repentance where I have not followed the instructions, where I have diverted from the course in the name of Jesus. I ask that you forgive me, forgive my family, forgive my children, my husband. Some of you have to bring that repentance. Lift up your voices and just ask God for repentance. Ask God for forgiveness. I told you that when they went to possess the land, they did not carry out certain things. Whether you are on Zoom or on YouTube, bring out repentance. Ask the Lord, forgive me where I have failed. I don't want to blame God. God is innocent. The Bible says they did evil in the sight of the Lord. Father, I know I have wronged you before by despising your word. Father, today forgive me, cleanse me, wash me thoroughly clean with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, son of the living God. Father, we thank you for this time and we give you glory for all these, your children. As this month begins, let there be divine instructions. As they walk with God, let give them the grace to run the race by grace. As they walk out into this month, let no man here begin to run the race because they will get into a mess. Father, I ask that your purposes shall be established in their homes, in their careers. The Lord is issuing an instruction. Don't worry about the issue at your workplace. It's already taken care of. As you move into this particular month, as you move into this particular season, it's a season of possession. Some of you, God is asking you to go and break down the altars in your offices. Some of you, God is asking you to go and begin a prayer time. Prayer. Bring prayer in that place. Don't just complain. That's what the children of Israel were taught. When you enter, break their altars. Some of you have been affected because you simply did not obey. Father, thank you for that prophetic word. And Father, I ask that we will move out into this season to possess and to do your will in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody say, Amen.